0: I tell you what, I love your pastor and his family. They are such a blessing, and what an honor! Uh, I hate that he couldn't be here. To, I know he hates it. He he loves y'all so much, and he he brags on y'all all the time. I mean, just all the time he brags on y'all, and uh, he thinks y'all are the best thing in Beaumont. Can you believe that? I'm telling you, he thinks this is it, and. Uh, I'm just every time I come here, I'm just amazed at the servant, the heart, and the willingness to serve and to do. I mean, just all the little things that y'all do around here—from putting out the information on the seats to cleaning to uh, monitoring the halls to the nursery. It's amazing how this church, y'all, just fanatical or stuff. Y'all, y'all like y'all just want to do stuff. Y'all just want to make a difference. And uh, I'm telling you what, your pastor, he loves you. And oh, he's so wanted to be here, but due to the circumstances, he's following protocol and uh, to be safe for him and his family and for you. So uh, I'm glad he's doing well. How about you? Amen. And don't you love your pastor? Amen. Amen. And uh, so uh, one of them was joking. They said, normally we don't see a pastor in a suit. Unless we're going to a funeral or a wedding. Well, today, we're going to do a funeral. We're going to lay to rest your fears. And we're going to do a marriage. We're going to marry you into boldness to where you'll go do some great stuff. Amen? <laughs> we're going we're to do some things I believe God wants to do in you and through you. I believe what God is doing here is bigger than Beaumont. Amen. I believe he's getting you set up. Amen. He's getting you ready. And I, and I hear that you're raising your funds and you're, you're uh, bringing in resources to build the kingdom. going to have your church in the larger. Maybe you don't have to come to church at 9 a.m., huh? Maybe you can all come together, get a big enough sanctuary. But whatever God does, I believe it's going to be big. Amen. And I believe you're going to be a part of that. And so it's, it's just great stuff. If you have your Bible... Turn with the Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, verse 8. He says, this I, I, I have. The, this is the New King James. He says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sow bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let every man give as he's purposed in his heart. If you want to <laughs> underline that, as he's purposed in his heart. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Wow. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, thank you for your word. It's anointed. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of me being here and anointing me to speak. Thank you, Lord, for anointing the people to receive this. I give you the praise, the glory, and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk to you today about becoming a bold giver. I want you to notice that last thing he says, may have an abundance for every good work. What would it be like? What would it just dream with me for a moment? What would it be like if you were so blessed that if somebody needed a home, that you could secretly meet with them without the news, without anybody knowing you take them, and you take them to a home, and they're looking at a home. And they say, oh, we'd love to have this home, but we can't afford it. And you say, yes, you can, because I just bought it for you. What would that feel like? What would it feel like if you knew somebody that didn't have a car, and they needed a car to go back and forth to work, and you met with them privately, and you, had, you drove them to work, you said, hey, what do you think about this car? Oh, this is nice. Well, I want you to know it's your car. What would it feel like to be able to do, look at this, what he said, to be an abundance for every good work, to have the abundance for every good work? What would it be like for you to be the person say, Pastor, don't even worry about the other 50%. I got it. I got that $250,000. What would it be like for you to be that person? Well, it would have to be a person that's bold. Have to be a person that's willing to believe and to stretch themselves. It would have to be a person that says, "You know what? I want to make a difference. I want to make a difference." And I want to talk to you. So I want to talk to you about becoming a bold giver. Number one, to become a bold giver, you must believe in sowing. Yes, it's a sowing principle. And and you got to sow. I mean, you go to a farmer. What does he do? He sows seed. And if you want more of a harvest, what do you do? You sow more seed. You want a little harvest. So for example, if Let's say you can have a little garden on your back patio and have a few tomato plants and have enough tomatoes that you can enjoy a nice salad. But how many knows if you want to supply Walmart, you gotta have a bigger place. Amen. You gotta have more seeds. You gotta you gotta plant more. And if you're gonna be able to sow into the kingdom, God wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be able to sow. But you gotta understand, it's okay to be a sower. It's okay, and, and sowing is so misunderstood by so many people is because they're, they're always saying, well, I just want God to bless me. I mean, what would it look like if you were standing before God and you say, God, just bless me. Bless me, God. Bless me. And the Lord says, how do you want me to bless you? Just bless me. But how? Just bless me. See, so you don't even know what it looks like. And so when you begin to define what it looks like, it means you begin to purpose You begin to purpose in your sowing. So could you imagine if I come to you and go, uh, hey, I'm going to sow your favorite vegetable or fruit, whatever you want, on my property. I'm going to sow it, and I'm going to bring it to you. I'm going to harvest it for you, and I'm going to give it to you. What would you like? And you go, well, you know, I really like cantaloupe. I tell you what, I'm going to give you watermelons. I'm going to sow watermelons. again. I don't like watermelons. That's what I'm going to sow for you. I'm going to sow water. But I really like cantaloupe. I know you do, but see, when you don't understand purposing your seed, then you may get things that you don't understand, and so what you have to do is you have to purpose your seed. If you want cantaloupe, then you've got to sow seeds of cantaloupe. If you want watermelon, you've got to sow seeds of watermelon. You're not going to get a watermelon out of a cantaloupe. And so that's why it's important for you to purpose. And too many times we come to church and we don't find our purpose in sowing. We don't understand. Well, why why do we give to church? Why do we sow into the kingdom? I know you're going to be shocked when I tell you this. You're going to be shocked. Your pastor probably never told you this. But you're going to be shocked. Energy does not give this electricity for free. They don't. You're going to be shocked. You're going to be shocked to find out. They bill him. They bill redemption for this energy. I know that's shocking because you thought they were part of the kingdom and they were all excited. Uh, You probably thought those chairs were just, just, they just came free, or you thought the lights or the, the camera and all this. No, it cost. And so, when you begin to purpose, and sometimes you can take a purpose and you can become a, a sower, and it, maybe you see something at the church, you're like, I want to sow into that. I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of the building program. I want to be a part of helping uh, with the nursery. I want to be, and you begin to sow into that. You begin to purpose because there's a purpose for that. And so if you're going you to, you got to understand sowing. Listen what he says That 1 Corinthians 9 and 7. So let everyone give as he's purposed. And it's hard. It really is. It's a heart thing, isn't it? Not grudgingly or necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. In other words, when the offering bag or a plate or however y'all, now you do it on phone, right? When, when the offering phone comes by, no. Uh, however, you know, when you're texting and you're giving, you know, don't do Okay. No, be cheerful about it. I mean, you know, it's kind of like when you go to purchase something. Could you imagine going to Walmart and you're getting all these groceries, you're getting the things that you want or wherever store you go to or a new suit or the clothing or going on vacation? You don't go, ah. Man, I gotta spend this money on this. No, you're like, yes, thank you, Lord, that I have the resources to get these things, and that's the same way in sowing. God, thank you that you bless me that I can sow into the kingdom of God, and that I can be a part of what God's doing. Because see, it's bigger. It's bigger than this building. It's bigger than just what uh, you you saying. You know, it's all about me. But it's about sowing into the kingdom to where it makes it about someone else. Because see, I'm gonna tell you what, your giving makes a difference. In everybody, your giving makes a difference in the lives of those that are watching, your giving makes a difference in those that come. You have the power to do that through the seed. Listen, what Galatians 6 and 7 says, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, look at this whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For if he sows to the flesh, he will of the flesh reap corruption. But if he sows of the spirit, will of the spirit reap everlasting life let us not be weary and while we're doing well he says look at this while we're doing good excuse me for in due season we shall reap if we faint not if we faint not therefore as we have opportunity let us do good to all especially to those who are in the household of faith he says here let us not grow weary and do you know sometimes when i first started tithing it was difficult it really was. Tithing, if tithing didn't do anything else for me, it taught me to be faithful, to be faithful with what God's gave me. It taught me discipline. Because I remember when, I, I don't know about you, if you've struggled with tithing, but I struggled with tithing because I never was taught tithing. So I would tithe when I could, you know, when, it, when I had phone bill, electric bill. Uh, I mean, you know, sometimes I had to choose between tithing, putting gas in my car, you've probably never been there, Uh, or tithing and buying groceries, or tithing or taking my wife out to a meal, and sometimes, and so, you know what I was doing? I was eating my tithe, and God couldn't bless me because I didn't understand tithing. I didn't understand sowing into the kingdom. I heard your pastor did a great, y'all had a great series on tithing, but I'm telling you, I didn't understand that principle, and I struggled, but when I got it, I'm telling you, it broke the curse in my life. It broke things, and God began to bless me. But I would, I would do it when I could. I would tithe, I was a, as I can, tither. <laughs> you know, it, and some weeks I couldn't, and then uh, next week I couldn't, and then I'd feel bad about it. You know, the devil beat me up. Look at you. You can't even give to God. And, and I, but when I began to realize that, you know what, I'm just going to trust God. If God can't take care of me, then what am I doing anyway? I mean, if, I, if I'm going to trust him with my soul, surely I can trust him with my bank account. That was just my thinking. I mean, if I'm going to trust him with my soul, surely I can trust him with my finances and my well-being. So I just started trusting him and just started daring to believe to give a tithe. And boy, you know, you know when you first become a tither, you count it down to the penny. $23.32, amen, because, you know, you want to get the tithe in there. You don't want to mess it up, and, and whoo, and you may need that other $0.60, cents, so it's, the, you know, you just tithe it right in there, and it, it's tough. It takes discipline, but then it gets to where the tithing's not even an issue anymore. You just tithe. It's just part of life, and then he starts asking you to be bold giver. What? No. Why? No. What? No, I tithe. I tithe. I tithe. I'm a tither. Get boat? No. Give a car away? No. No. So? It, no. What? What's this about? I mean, I'm a tither. I don't. No. Why would you ask me to do that? Wow. I remember one time a missionary. Boy, missionaries, boy, they'll empty your pockets, won't they? Hey, Amen. You be sewing all over the world. I'm telling you, what, a missionary come through, and I've been saving some money and saving some money and saving some money. And I had about five. And this was back in the Stone Ages in, in 1992. You know, in the Stone 18-ting when we did everything with a chisel and a hammer, right? And uh, so I back then, I mean, that five hundred dollars was like five million dollars, and I was a tither, and and I had that money in this missionary, and God says, I want you to give, I've been working for months and months to save this $500, and God says, I want you to give that to that missionary. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Devil, I rebuke Mm. (laughs) you. Devil's a liar, huh? No, I I felt I needed time. And so anyway, I I said, well, i was just running this by my wife, and I said, hey, uh, and so I figured she'd give me confirmation. I said, hey, I feel the Lord is tell, 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 telling me to give the whole 500 to this missionary. She goes, well, you better make sure it's the Lord. <laughs> okay. Now, it wasn't that she was doubting. She was just saying, it sounds like you're kind of doubting. Just make sure it's the Lord. Now, the very, now, let me tell you something. I needed 1,500 for, I was saving 500 to get the 1500 item that I needed. I sowed that seed, and I'm, I don't want you to think that you just give to get, but I sowed that seed. Within two weeks, the very thing that I needed came into my hands. I'm going to tell you, God's bigger than whatever you need. God's bigger than whatever you're saving for. And I'm not telling you that. I'm not telling you that for you to say, oh, well, I'm going to give so I get $1,500 worth of uh, whatever it is. I'm telling you, when you purpose in your heart, I purpose in my heart, God, it doesn't matter. Even though I'm saving this for this, I'm going to sow it into the kingdom. You do with it. And God still blessed me. He still blessed me with the very thing I needed. And he blessed that mission field. Amen. Second thing, to become a bold giver, you must be a bountiful sower. You got to learn to just. You got to learn. You can't be stingy, you, know? you, you, you got to learn to just give and sow into the kingdom of God. And, and you know, when, you, when, you're, uh, when you, you think about money, you know, somebody goes, buys a new house. You know, it, and, and you're going to look at different houses. You go look at a house that's $30,000, $60,000, 100000 300000 Well, you might would like the 300000 but then you start looking at what you can afford, right? But all in your heart... You really want the $300,000. I mean, you go look at a car, you know, and, and and what do they ask you when you go in the car lot? Well, how much can you afford a month? You know, they don't even ask you what kind of car you want. They just want to know how much you can afford because they don't want to show you the car you really want. You can't afford it. Amen. No. <laughs> so they, they want to show you something that you can afford. In other words. In this range, you can afford to look on this section of the lot. Amen. Well, what about, over here? come over here. You need to come back over. This is where you need to learn. And so what you've got to do is that you've got to say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to be boundful. What if it would be like if you had such resources that when you walked on the car lot that you didn't even ask about payments, or anything, you just picked out the very car you wanted. That would be different, wouldn't it? You would think different. They would treat you different. They would respond to you different. To be a bountiful sower, you have to understand that you have to think different. It's not about holding on to what I got. It's not about this is all I have and I, and I got to hold on to it. It's about releasing it and trusting God with it that it begins to multiply. It begins to come back to you. And that's scary. I mean, it was, it was a little scary to give that $500 uh, when I needed it. It, I mean, you can see it go, and then the devil will beat you up. You know, he's like, "Oh, what you do? What are you going to do now?" I mean, all the home, what are you going to do now? Well, well, how are you going to do it now? You've been saving; it took you. All, now you got to start all over again. And it's kind of scary to be a bold giver like that. But what we have to do is say, "God, I'm going to trust you." You know, what? it doesn't matter. I'm just going to trust you. It's not about me anyway. And I'm just going to trust you for my well-being. I'm going to trust you for all that I have. Listen, to what he said. 2 Corinthians nine said. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. That's a principle. That's a principle. If you just barely sow, you're going to reap sparingly. But he says, he that sows bountifully is going to reap bountifully. So if you sow a handful, you reap a handful. You sow a bucket full, you reap a bucket full. Listen to this scripture here. You'll find this amazing. Luke 6, 38. Give. I like this. Give. That's a statement. Give. Say that out loud. Give. Now, I want you to notice that once you do, once you give, look what happens. Look, there's a comma right after it. Look what begins to happen to you. Give, and then this is what happens it will be given to you in good measure. Look at that first blessing. Look at the comma again. Press down. Now, it's not only given to you in good measure, it's pressed down given. Then it's shaken together given. And then it's running over will be put into your bosom. For the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Look at that. Once you do what? Say the word, give. give. So now, could you imagine, I, could, I want you to envision with me a box of cereal. And I want you to, two boxes of cereal, and you have a, a, a box of cereal, and you're pouring into a, and you know when you open up the cereal, you ever notice that it's got about that much at the bottom, yeah. and the rest is air. So when you're you're opening up a box of cereal and you're pouring, you're giving to God. You have a lot of air in yours. You have, you know, but you're giving. You're giving out of your heart. You're pouring in. And so you you gave the whole box. But what God does, when he opens his box, his is pressed down, shaking together, running over. He's using the same size box. The only difference is his is full and yours is not. You know, I've just begin to begin to tell myself, if it won't meet my need, it must be my seed. So I'm just going to trust God. In other words, if 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 I have an electric bill and I don't have the money to pay the electric bill, God, how much of the money do you need because it's not meeting the seed, the seed's not meeting the need anyway. So I'm just going to trust you with what I don't have and I'm going to believe for what I need in the future. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story. If I may have I've been here before. I may have told you this story, but just pretend you heard it for the first time. Amen if you are no. Uh, I remember the day that I Remember, I told you I struggled with tithing, and I began to do tithing and get that principle down. But I also struggled with, uh, you know, now becoming a bountiful giver and so on. And then I remember the day that I defeated the devil over 43 cents. Would you like to hear that story? The day I defeated the devil over 43 cents. I was living in North Alabama. This is, uh, I didn't have a gas card, a credit card, or any other kind of card. Right, I, I had about 60 dollars to my name, and I had a big uh, Caprice Classic uh, uh, Chevrolet, four-barrel, uh, 350, and letting you know, they love gas. And I had $62, and I was in North Alabama, and I need—and God wanted me to go on a faith journey all the way to Jefferson, Texas. I didn't know what I'd be doing there. I just knew he wanted me to go on his faith journey. No credit card. You're not going to believe this. Hang on. Look at your neighbor. Hold their hand. They may fall back. I didn't have a cell phone. No, no cell phone. No cell phone. If I did run out of gas, if I wanted to call somebody, you've got to find a pay phone somewhere. Is that crazy? You gotta, and it's got to be one of those old ones that everybody touches, huh? Talking about, boy, they wouldn't have liked Corona back then, huh? I mean, everybody touched that thing. And and so um, I, I go on that journey, and it's a long story, a beautiful story of growing in faith. But I remember it come down. I had about 43 cents in my pocket. That day, a minister was going to pick me up around noon and take me to meet some other ministers. And he was going to take care of my lunch, so I was covered that day. I had about 43 cents. I said, God, i, I got a half a tank of gas. I can... I can push the car back. Uh, I can sell the car. I can, you know, but I'm not going to ask nobody for any money. I'm not going to beg. I'm going to, you brought me here. If you can't pay for it, then let's forget it. Let's just shut her down. I mean, I just shut her down, huh? I'm just going to trust God. So I began to pray, and, and I was talking, I said, Lord, I can fast. I can do whatever. I said, but, uh, you know, I only have 43 cents. If I want to buy a cup of coffee and an apple pie, I only have enough money to buy a cup of coffee and an apple pie right now. That's pretty bad, huh? And uh, I said, "But you know what? It doesn't make any difference. I trust you. I trust you. I'm here." And something happened to me that day. I felt. I felt like like God blew in me. And I'm like, it doesn't matter anymore. I don't care. Whatever I got, to, He's gonna take care of. me. If He can't take care of me, then I'm not gonna worry about. it. So anyway, I'm getting ready. Going up. The gentleman's gonna pick me up about ten o'clock. I'm getting ready to meet him. I get in the car, and he goes, oh, yeah, I had to stop. He said, I'm sorry, I'm running a little late. I had to stop and get some gas. He said, oh, yeah, by the way, I don't know if you care for this, but I bought you a cup of coffee and an apple pie. Okay. I got it. And I'm going to tell you, from that moment on, doors begin to open. My financial needs begin to be met. I'm telling you, when you step out in faith, little becomes much when God's involved. It doesn't take a whole lot. All you got to do is dare to believe. That's what's wrong with us so many times that we, we're scared to believe. I mean, could God do that with me? Could God just do that with a normal person? Could that, I mean, how would God do this in a boundful? He says, press down, shaking together, running over, running over, running over. Wow, that's amazing. You know, they tell me uh, that an average cell phone, just an uh, iPhone, which I don't have one, uh, I'm am so old school. Uh, when I usually take my phones, they're usually broke, and everybody, all the young people stand around like, "Wow, where'd you get that? What? That's when did they make that? They're, they're amazed. That looks like a dinosaur phone or something." I'm like, I don't know. I just I bought it from y'all about 20 years ago. I mean, what do you mean? Where'd I get it? I mean, y'all y'all don't know your own phone. I mean, but anyway, so uh, my latest. Well, this is about six. Maybe 10 years old. It's called a LG. I don't even know what LG stands for, but I just say living good, loving God, letting go. Amen. But I don't, I I don't, I don't know what it stands for. But they say that you young folks will spend in your lifetime. They're estimating. They're hoping when you purchase an iPhone, it's about seventy-two thousand dollars in your lifetime. That's what they're hoping you'll spend. You know, on updates and apps and things like that. So about seventy-two. Don't tell your pastor. Hey, he can't hear me. Again. Don't tell your pastor you're going to spend up to seventy-two thousand dollars on iPhone. He'd be saying, "Wait a minute, you can just give that to the church, amen." <laughs> you just every one of you that's got an iPhone just give seventy-two thousand dollars to the church, and we'll just build the thing, and I worry about it. Wow, you know, uh, average home in Beaumont's around about one hundred fifty to two hundred twenty thousand dollars. And you know, a lot of times, and your pastor's asking you to make a pledge. A pledge is a beautiful thing. Some people misunderstand. Why would a church want people to make a pledge? Because God's trying, he, 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 your pastor's trying to get you set up for a blessing. The reason he makes a, that pledge is because you're saying, by faith, though I don't have it, by faith, I'm believing. You go, well, I, I just don't know about that, preacher. I just don't know about that in the church house. Well, I'll straighten my tie up for you then. I just don't know about that. Well, let me tell you something. You make pledges. Every one of you in here make pledges all the time. If you own a home, you made a pledge. If you bought a home, if you, if you bought a car, you made a pledge. And on some of these iPhones, you made a pledge. What you're saying is that if you will give me that item, I will pay you out 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. You're pledging that you're going to work and pay them back with interest whatever they gave you that day. You made a pledge. And so when you're making a pledge, what you're telling God is that, Lord... I'm sowing into the kingdom. I'm believing that as you put it into my hands, I'm gonna I'm gonna become a conduit. If God can't get it through us, He won't send it to us. Right. And so, what God wants to do is He wants to get it through you. He wants you to sow into the kingdom. And sometimes it can be scare filling out a pledge form or. Uh, like that five hundred dollars, you, you, or you fill out a pledge form and you look at your wife. She goes, "You better be sure that's of God." Or it may be you saying, "You better be sure that's of God." Amen. But you put that pledge. you like, "But what what, what? what if I pledge it and it don't come in? What am I going to do? What if you pledge it and it comes in in one week? What are you going to do?" Come on. Come on. It's a commitment. Saying, "God, I'm willing to sow," but now it's going to take you. If you've never done that before, if you if you've only just been a tither. Or just kind of being like me, you struggled at times in the tithing. It's hard to be a bountiful sower. It's hard to just, whew, man, that's big money. But you ever notice that we don't think nothing about giving $60,000 for a new automobile or $100,000, 200000 for a home. We don't, think, we don't think nothing about giving, I don't know what an iPhone costs, $1,000. Uh, you know, we don't think nothing about it. We just It's just part of life. We just do it, right? And you know what I found out? No matter how much money you give, you always have enough to go out and eat after Sunday's church. Amen. Yeah, that's amazing. People are like, come on, I gave all I got. Okay, where are we going to go eat at today? Yeah, I thought you gave all you got. Amen. No, we always have the resource. And you notice, always notice, we always do what we believe in doing, don't we? Number three, to become a bold giver, we must expect to be blessed. Expect it. Expect, I'm just blessed. I'm blessed coming in, blessed going out, everything I put my hand. I'm just blessed. Expect it. Does that sound kind of arrogant to expect it, to say, you know what? Well, you shouldn't sow to get. Well, I mean, if I sow tomatoes, I'm expected to get tomatoes. Is that wrong? Is that, is that, does that mean I'm an evil person? If I go plant a garden that I'm expecting? Could you imagine somebody walking up to you, you're working, you're tilling the ground, you're sowing the seed, and they go, what are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm going to get me a big harvest. How selfish and prideful are you? What do you mean? Here you are, the only reason you're sowing is to get. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, kind okay, of I wanted my garden to uh, <laughs> produce. Yeah, I, I wasn't just sowing just to be sowing. Uh, you do sow to receive. It's not about getting. It's about receiving. It's not trying to take from God. It's not, listen, you don't want to play the game with tit for tat with God. I gave you this and now you owe me. I gave you I gave you $100,000, now you owe me $100,000. I'm going to tell you what, one a couple of, one week in a hospital can cost $100,000. Your health is such a blessing from God. Don't start trying to weigh it out, apples and oranges. because I'm going to tell you what, you can't even compare to what God has given you the breath in your lungs, the, your ability to walk, your strength, the, the job that He's given you, your family that He's given you, the love, the peace that you, to be able to, sleep. what would a man pay for to be able to sleep all night long without his sleep being robbed from him? There's a bunch of wealthy people. They had to drug themselves up every night just to try to get some sleep and it still wouldn't work. What would you give for a good night's sleep? Don't ever try to say, okay, I'm going to give God and you're going to give back. But I do believe you ought to name that seed. What would it look like to make a pledge towards a building that you want to sow into? So, for example, if you're going to sow into God's house, you say, you know what? I'm going to pledge to give blank amount to God's house by faith. Well, what would I want to receive back from that? Well, if I'm sowing into God's house, what about maybe... God paying my house off. Would that be wrong? Or what about maybe God showing me and providing me a house? Would that be wrong? I'm sowing into God's house. What if I, if I sow into souls? In other words, a missionary came. You know what I did with that when a missionary came? I sowed and I said, Lord, I pray that as I sow and he goes reach his families, I don't know that my family will be reached, that you'll send somebody to my family. Is that wrong to do that? Is it wrong to sow into the kingdom of God and expect? Jesus said, we have not because we ask not. And when we asked in a mist, I mean, or James said that. When we ask, we have not because we ask not. And when we do, we ask in a mist. And Jesus said, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. This is how some of us knock when it comes to the kingdom. of God will go. Is he coming? Is he coming to the door? I don't see it. I don't, you see anybody moving? Go back up. I ain't going back up. Or you go back up there. No, you go back up there. No. What does it mean to knock? And it's a, it's, a, it's a way to say, hello? Hello, anybody home? And you know they're in there and they're moving, shuffling around, <laughs> looking through the blinds. Hello? <laughs> I don't know. Can to hear you? Quit, They're going to hear you. Quit talking to you. They're going to hear you. Stop. I know you're in there. Hello. You asked, and you keep asking. You seek, keep seeking. You knock, you keep knocking. In other words, when you sow into the King God, God I'm believing. I'm daring to believe. I'm daring to sow that seed. So what? When you sow that seed, declare purpose in your heart. Not grud. Don't do, oh, okay. They're wanting everybody to do it. I'm going to do it. Not grudgingly. Not a necessity. Okay, we really need it, and I want to come to one big service. No, you do it because you have a purpose for the kingdom of God. And I'm going to tell you what. I really believe this. If you'll take care of his kingdom, he'll take care of your kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these other things will be added. Did you know that most time our prayer list is praying on the things that we need? What if our prayer list was praying on the kingdom things, and just He says all these other things that we're praying on would be added to us if we just seek the kingdom. Look at what He says here, and. He says, 2 Corinthians 9, 7, 8. So let each one give his purpose in his heart, not grudgingly or necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. He says, all grace abounding. In other words, grace will tackle you. Could you imagine? So imagine somebody that looks like a football player. That's 230 pounds, broad should following you, named Grace. And so you're you're given, and grace is following you you're like I'm, I'm fixing to get on you, I fix I fix to tackle you, boy. When you get tackled by grace, it'll change your life. Amen. <laughs> God says if you'll trust me, I'll have grace jump on you, abound upon you, tackle you. And then He says when you get up <laughs> after grace has knocked you down, look what's going to happen when you get up. He says that you'll have all sufficiency in all things that you may abound to every good work. Well, wouldn't it be that you could say yes to every good work? To every missionary, you say, oh, man, y'all need help to build those wells over there in Africa to give water to those children? Here, let me cut you a check. Wouldn't it be good to, oh, you need a home here. Let me help you with that. Oh, you're behind on a house. Here, let me help you with that house. Wouldn't it feel good just to be able to do that, just to be able to abound to every. Good work. Oh, Pastor, you need, y'all need new equipment? Oh, I got that. Don't worry about it. I got that taken care of. Pastor, you need new cameras, you need new lights, you need new instruments? I got it. Wouldn't that feel good to be able to do that? Boy, I think our biggest challenge is we underestimate what God wants to do in our lives. I really do believe God wants to bless us. This is what Psalms 13 and 5 said. But I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt boundfully with me. Malachi 3 and 10, y'all probably heard this one through your teaching. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that they may be food in my house. And try me now, try me in this, saith the Lord of hosts. That's the only time you can really read where God says, try me, test me. See if I won't do it. If I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. So what does it mean to, to try God? In other words, God, I'm just going to trust you. I'm just going to trust you. And when we begin to do that, all of a sudden something supernatural begins to happen. Pour out the window. Open up the window of heaven. There's not enough room. And you go, well, I got room. I mean, I got room. I mean, I can show you my bank account. I got room for more money in my bank account. I got room. I got room for a house. I got room for... And so we think, well, he says, if you will try me, you won't have room. Been overflowed. Kind of reminds me of a quick story of a, a, a gentleman that they were uh, doing youth camp or children's camp for children. And they knew it was going to cost several thousand dollars to, to feed them that whole week. And, and, uh, well, it was for the whole month because they was having four uh, sessions, so it 's four different groups coming in, and they knew it was going to cost them several thousand dollars. they didn 't have the money. okay it 's getting down it 's Friday it 's going to start Monday, and they don 't have the money they 've done all they do, made all the phone calls they can, and they 've done everything they know to do, and now we 've got to feed all these kids coming. we don 't have no food for them. And he told the Lord, and the Lord says i 've got plenty. don't worry, I know you 've got plenty." But I don't. <laughs> I don't. You got. It, it, so how we think. God, You, I know God's going to be okay. Ain't nobody going to cut his lights off. Amen. I mean, I know he's going to be okay. I'm just saying I got my notice that cut my lights. That's all I'm saying. I know they're not going to cut yours off. I know they're not going to come and get your car. They're coming to get mine. That's all I'm saying. That's, that's what I'm saying. God says, trust me. So this gentleman, he said, okay, God, I'm just going to trust you. Saturday morning, a person called and said, hey. Uh, I, we got the food for the kids. He goes, wow. He says, uh, uh, but we need we need some free. Oh, we got we got plenty. We got freezer. He said, how many freezers you got? Oh, we got about 10. No, no, you need to call some other people and tell them the, uh, to donate some freezers or let it stay. I got a, a bunch of food. The guy goes, no, 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 we got plenty. Bring it on, man. We're so thankful. God's, pr- oh, thank you, God, for providing. And the guy says, listen, you don't understand. You don't have enough room for what I'm telling you we got. He said, well, how much do you got? He said, look, a wind come through when a truck driver with loaded down with groceries, uh, 18-wheeler, of all these kids' snacks and food and hot dogs, you know, stuff you can put in the microwave and cook and all that, you know, it's just all these. The wind tipped it over, and they said they got to get the truck off, and they said that they wanted to give all the food, the owner said give all the food to an organization that could use it. He said, you and it's frozen food. You don't have enough room. You don't have enough room. We think on small scale. Oh, I got a couple of freezers. No, 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 no. You need a. You need more than a couple. I'm telling you, when God begins to do something super, all He's got to do is blow on it, and you won't have enough room. Amen. If. If you've had any type of loan at all, any type of loan, listen to what Proverbs 28 once says. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion." If, you, if, if, you if you've ever given uh, a pledge to anything, you know, sometimes you're scared when you sign the dotted line. Have you ever noticed, though, that, that, it, man, it's an act of Congress to get a house or a car. I mean, but maybe that my sign here. Initial here, what's that? Oh, that just says that, you know, you're not going, to, da, da, da da okay. Initial here, what's this one? And you don't even know what you're, and, you know, I, I like reading, and, and they get impatient with you when you're reading through, what does this mean? What does this mean? Oh, that's just your DNA, don't worry about it. No, but anyway, so... <laughs> It's just, we take your firstborn. It's no big deal. I mean, just initial there. We're going to get your firstborn for the next 30 years if you don't pay for it. But it's not a big deal. Just sign initial right there. No. But uh, you'll be signing stuff and making all kinds of pledges because you really want what they're offering you. I want to encourage you to want this as a church, to really want it. Not just because your pastor's asking you, because you want it. You want, why, why, would I do, why would God want me to be blessed? Because, see, this is the thing you got to understand. It's more, than the, it's more than about your kingdom. This is what he says in Matthew chapter 16, verse 25. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it for a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father, with his angels and then he then he will reward each according to his works you know when it's all said and done then my, I, I'm telling you I've, uh, you've been to estate sales hadn't you where you've uh, very wealthy homes wealthy people could take none of it with them could they i remember when i was a kid and uh, uh, I don't. Know, I don't even know if y'all still. Some of you remember Elvis Presley. I remember. I remember when I was a kid. I heard that Elvis Presley died, and I was a kid. I thought he can't die. That's what I thought. I said because he's too rich. I mean, I, I couldn't think that a Steve Job could die, right? When you got all the money in the world, you think you just live forever. See, you could gather up all these resources, and if, you, if you're not about the kingdom, God's going to reward us for how we handled what he put in our hands. So what I'm challenging you today, don't make it about you. Sow into something bigger than you. And God will bless you, all the things that you do. God will give you the desires of your heart if you'll give him your heart. And I'm going to tell you, the greatest thing you can do is make Jesus your Lord and Savior. I'm telling you, that's the greatest thing you do. And, and the rest of it's a journey. The rest of it's growing and maturing. I, I, I believe I'm way much better than I was when I first started this journey. And you know what? I'm still growing. Oh, I'm still growing. I know I haven't caught up yet on Facebook. I'm not a Facebook. I don't have a Facebook. I have a face. I want to write a book, but no Facebook. Amen. But I want you to know that you can be old school, young school. You can be... Hip, you could, uh, that's the old school there, isn't it? You could be all those things, but I want you to know, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're not going to be a servant of the Most High God. Would you bow your head with me and, and, and let me pray? Father, I pray for, if there's anyone here today that don't know you as their Lord and Savior, that's the most important thing. That's what redemption, oh, sweet, sweet name redemption does. It, it brings in those that don't feel that they can be redeemed. And God, I pray that you would redeem them and set them free, and that they'd make Jesus Lord of their life. But God, there may be some here today. they're saved, they love you, they're faithful to this church, they tithe, they give. And to be as bold as a lion, wow. And their giving is somewhat scary. I can understand that, Lord. I ask, Lord, that you comfort their hearts and that they would purpose, that they would not feel manipulated or feel stressed or feel tugged at, but they'd enter into a peace saying, I'm going to dare to believe I can sow this. Or maybe they could give it today, but whatever that is, I bless them today in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that what you're doing in this church is going beyond this church. They're reaching lives, they're touching lives, they're transforming lives, they're ministering lives. I ask for your blessings. May they be bold givers and do bold things for the kingdom of God. God bless you.